Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is James Bond 007 for the Game Boy. James Bond was developed by Sapphire and published by Nintendo in North America in February of 1998. But it was also published in Europe in January of 1998. Oh, what? So they actually got it just a, a little while before us. That makes sense. Don't the Bond films usually premiere in London or something? One would think so. But no? Or did I make that up? I don't know. I don't know. But that sounds about right. I'm sure the Broccoli family would have it no other way. <laughs> Now, uh, this game was developed by Sapphire, which is a small games company based out of Utah. Ooh. And uh, they are mainly known as like a work for hire kind of company. Yeah. Yeah. Their other games uh, were all pretty much tie-ins. They did a Rampage World Tour for Nintendo 64. Okay. Okay. And I think a port of Oddworld, but they also did, you know, an Animaniacs game. Yeah. I thought I reckon, I, I do remember looking at the list and seeing a lot of like licensed properties yeah top gear billy mm. bob's hunting fishing xena warrior princess talisman of fate Ooh. mask of zorro uh some lego bionicle in there an et oh, okay. game in uh, 2001 for the game boy color that i'm sure was super popular whoa i'm intrigued <laughs> yeah escape from planet earth that's the subtitle of it like it's just a port of the atari game. <laughs> yeah i wish <laughs> uh they did do a justice league game which sounds kind of interesting it's a game boy advance game so i'd like to check that one out uh okay. they did it peter pan the motion picture event game forever Whoa. i don't know if you remember that peter pan movie that came out in the early 2000s i vaguely Live do I, I had forgotten all about it yeah their last three games were that van helsing oh, no. around the world in 80 days and a game boy advanced version of the thunderbirds what yeah so a lot of properties that i just don't see how they would be popular enough to have a game i yes i <laughs> I'm especially intrigued in that Thunderbirds. That's. I think there may have been like a, a revival in the early 2000s. Was this a Team America World Police thing? Because I recall watching it with you and being on cable after work at some, you know what I mean? We, yeah. we caught a few episodes from time to time. And I think it they never... aired it on G4. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, you know, vague memories of watching it and not really understanding why it was being broadcast. Uh, you know, I love the the craft of it all. The show itself is just a little slow and weird. Yes, yes. But uh, sadly, Sapphire, after the hit that was the Thunderbirds, went <laughs> out of business. Uh, they were dissolved in 2007. Oof, Thunderbirds are no. That's correct. Now, what also makes this game interesting is that it was, uh, like I said, released in North America in February of 98. Mm -hmm. uh, the Nintendo 64 game Goldeneye, yeah. the smash hit, was released six months earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Nintendo 64. So it's just that bizarre chunk of time where the Game Boy would not die, thanks to uh, Still, Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Kept on trucking, man. Yeah, Pokemon was definitely an insane shot in the arm that just gave it a, a couple more years of life. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the most, isn't it the highest selling like franchise of all time yes. of everything? Like even more than Star Wars or anything. It's incredible. I just want to point that out just because I, I think it's so bizarre that... Uh, this game came out after GoldenEye. Yeah, it's uh, fascinating. <laughs> and hopefully we'll get into GoldenEye, maybe one day. Mm, I would I would love to at least walk around many of those levels. I have vague memories, you know? Mm, for sure. I, I, they are burnt, burnt into my cerebral <laughs> cortex. I'm sure, I'm sure they are. <laughs> Well, Nick, what kind of game is James Bond for the Game Boy? Or James Bond 007, I think, is its actual title. 
Yes, and it's an overhead uh, action, I guess RPG, you could say. It's very very much in the Metal Gear slash Zelda, Legend of yeah. Zelda, or Link's Awakening more specifically. I see people refer to it as a very Link's Awakening-like online, and I think it's a very kind, you know, comparison. Because it yeah. definitely doesn't have, like, the depth. No, It, it no. is a similar in basic gameplay. I think, yeah, I... Like, personally, I was getting such Metal Gear vibes from it because... Yeah, like uh, the for you're... the original NES. Yes, yes. So it's 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 in there. No, in this game, uh, you do not jump. There is no jump. No matter how hard you try. But you do punch. That's your first of two skills you start the game with. Yeah. Punching and, more interesting, blocking. Yeah, I used it a bit at the beginning, but quickly fell out of favor just because... Well... well yeah, well, you have two, <laughs> you know, much like uh, A Link to the Past, you have your A and B kind of designation for your various equipments that you have on your submenu. You select them <laughs> Zelda style, but it, it's nice how, you know, I remember being very pleased that you could swap out your sword in Link's Awakening. You're not, you know, stuck with that being one of your weapons for the right. you know entire game. And the same thing runs here. So it, it kind of got phased out pretty quick. Yeah, I mainly used the A button for my defensive or mm -hmm. non-used item, and then the B button is my attack. Right on, yeah. But you definitely need to use that block early on because it's the only way to to then attack certain enemies. Yeah, you have to kind of like block and counter punch. Yeah, and certain like sub bosses yeah, later yeah. in the game. And the attack, the punch is just your standard attack punch, and it's actually that gets used a lot because uh, it takes zero ammo. Yeah, it's a renewable resource. And I think we should briefly talk about the, the screen real quick before we get into the actual uh, items of the game. Sure. But basically, you just have your standard nice big wide field of view. You have what's in your B and A button or left and right hand, as I think of it, <laughs> at the bottom. And then you have 007 logo, which is your health uh, indicator. Below it is a bar of health that there's no notches on it. So yeah. different amounts will hurt you from different enemies. And then there's a blank space where when you pick up an item, it will briefly show you what that item was. Yeah, which is helpful. Yeah, especially with the size of like some of the icons or, what, <laughs> or you know, it, yeah, it tells you yeah. straight up with words what it is. Yeah. And then when you pause the game, your sub menu is just a showing of all the items and you can pick which one you want. And it has clearly labeled what it is at the very bottom. Yeah, which is very nice of them. It is very nice. So let's talk about these items. Uh, you want to go through the weapons first? Sounds good. Uh, you have a pistol. That's right. Uh, it's, you, you know, pretty basic. It does what you would imagine. It shoots straight ahead, a single bullet. Yes. Uh, I'm guessing if it's the one you brought with you, it's a Walther PPK. I, I'm not sure. But the, oh, the the manual calls it a service revolver and says it's Bond's standard issue weapon. That is his, his usual weapon of choice. But yeah. also this game, sometimes you just find them, so... Yeah, so who knows? But, you know, he's a skilled shot with any weapon. Uh, such as the machete. Oh, wait, it's not a sh shooting weapon, but it is the second weapon you find. <laughs> yeah. It is, they... It's great for hacking away at humans. Absolutely, as well as clearing brush. Yeah, and sometimes you'll have that plant, a very noticeable plant in the way that you can hack down and move on through. It has kind of an interesting little arc to it, too, that you can use to attack at like kind of weird angles, you know? I, I Oh, yeah, like, you know, up to the right and left. Very yeah. much, very much so. I used it I quite use this a, a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's same. no ammo for this either, so hack away. Mm-hmm. Next up is the better gun, the submachine gun. Which shoots up to three bullets at a time, uh, stronger. It has separate ammo from the pistol. Yeah, and each uh, weapon does have ammo, so you have to find it. It's usually dropped by enemies, so. Yes. And then finally, we have uh, the last two, so I guess it's not final. <laughs> we have the grenade. It's your classic grenade. You lob it over, and it explodes. It's strong. It's got a, a decent little radius, and... Most importantly, it goes over terrain, so you can mm -hmm. throw it at foes from safety. Yeah, and it's a nice, uh, large explosion. Yeah, I, I got a, quite a bit of use out of, for me. Oh, especially later in the game. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, for real, finally, the missile launcher. The strongest weapon you've got. Uh, mostly the, saved it for bosses here. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's a little slow, the, the projectile. But, you know, it just does a ton of damage. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're using it on uh, enemies, it basically kills every enemy in one hit. Yeah. 
And of course, it also has its own separate ammo. Yes, sir. But while Bond is a nonstop killing machine, he does have that license to kill. He also is known for having all kinds of fun items. Oh, sure. And in this one, it's a good mix. You know, some of them are pretty basic, but some of them are, you know, do have that Bond flair. Yeah, yeah. Now you'll find uh, bandages. Those are usually dropped from enemies. And those automatically restore some health. Yeah, like maybe a quarter of your Mm bar-ish. And then you'll also find med kits. And those are ones that those store in your your, uh, inventory. Yeah, you can hold up to nine, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And those are used on demand to replenish your health. Yeah, full refill. Much better. Uh, you have a field communicator. Yeah, which you just get messages from Q and M, right? Mm-hmm. Another kind of, you know, Metal Geary <laughs> item. Indeed. Now, you also have an electric keychain at one point. Yeah, which is kind of a one-time... You only really use it in one stage, right? But this Indeed. really seems like a pretty specific... Like, is this a reference to a specific Bond film? Uh, you know... <sighs> I should know this, but I don't. I don't remember a keychain that has a stun gun type capacity. I Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, it didn't ring any bells to me, but I am no expert. I know you have, you're more familiar with the Bond than I am. I've seen them all, but some of the older ones are a little murky at this point in my life. <laughs> yeah. Now, the cool thing about that keychain is it's not a one-time use. Yeah. And you can use it to stun like large enemies that, you know, will allow you to hit them multiple times. Yeah, throw it out there and... Take advantage. At some point, you find a lamp. Not very exciting. You use it to explore some caves. Yes, just and this is like a Aladdin genie lamp. Mm-hmm. That way you don't get confused. Yeah, well, you know, someone might think you're walking around with a covered lamp or, yeah. you know, I don't know. And uh, more importantly, though, and better are the night vision goggles you get. Yeah, which do what you think they would. They let you see in dark areas. Yeah. Another fun Q invention that you get in the game is the, the laser watch taken right from golden eye is that i this is one i knew i remembered i was like i know i've seen it in one of the films so yeah he cuts through some chains i think in it sounds sounds about right and this one used to cut a lock yeah so fun another less interesting item you get is the water canteen yeah you need it to get through a desert at one point otherwise you will just die of exhaustion but it's very interesting because uh it deplenishes with each new screen you enter yeah so you get what is it, six or seven? I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. They're, they're, that's an interesting little level there in the desert. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that for sure. And then eventually at one point you construct a grappling hook. Yeah. and It's just a grappling hook, a hook, metal hook, rope. There you go. We've used many of these in the past. You also at one point get a bulletproof vest. Yeah, and this, interestingly, there's actually two varieties. There's the light and heavy vest. Yeah. Which can each take, like the light one can take five hits and the heavy one can take 10 mm-hmm. don't be confused you might have been saving them for a while and just didn't realize or thought about like i thought i had 10 vests now you have 10 hits yeah yeah so later on in the game when i finally use them i was like oh i could have been oh using this yeah. the whole time especially in areas where you just want to run through a bunch of like poorly placed guards and enemies yeah another fun q uh gadget is the exploding pin it's a one-time use, but yeah, and this is from Goldeneye, right? Because I, I remember this scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Q gives him the clicky pin, and a certain number of clicks will make it explode. Yeah, but then it'll like un. You can also disarm it because the guy's going nuts at the end. One of the villains. Ah, yeah. great time. Boris. Uh, oh, it's um. Oh, Boris is the actor. Not the Boris is the character's name. It's Boris Grishchenko, right? Yeah, that's good. It sounds familiar. <laughs> It's a guy from Spy Kids, right? I know. Why is his name like just <laughs> his name's like coming? Flube or Flug? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, played by Alan Cumming. Ah, yes, Alan Cumming from Spy Kids and so many other great things. A fine thespian indeed. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he likes having as his first credit. Spy Kids, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, we have the Titanium Shield, the MVP of the game. A great item that you can use to protect yourself from bullets. You can now block them. Uh, it's uh, highly uh, useful. I had this equipped almost the entirety of the time. I, I owned it. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. And then finally, the mirror. It's, I wish mirror. this was some cooler like type of mirror instead of just a mirror. Yeah, yeah. Like a space mirror, like a satellite mirror or something. Yeah, because its use is to deflect lasers. Yeah. So pretty useful when you run into those lasers. 
And as we mentioned, you know, when you kill enemies, they sometimes drop things and it's either ammo or a med kit. Yeah. And the, you know, the sprite for almost everything that is dropped is a little like it looks like a cube. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, every once in a while, though, you will get some other um, items that you just have to carry from like one person to another in a level like a hammer or. Yeah. There are lots of like one time kind of. Yeah. You just get basically basically keys. Yeah. That just get you access to somewhere or, you know. But you never actually get to use them as an item. You just use them to give to someone. Right. And as for lives in the game, well, you have the one. Yeah, but you have basically infinite continues as well as three save files. So that's pretty cool. And you can save at any time by hitting select. Yeah, in fact, it's it's a little weird. Like, I, I kept saving when I didn't want to because... You just go to that screen like I'd accidentally hit start or what? you know what I mean? I was trying yeah. to go to the items and being like, nope, now I got to I guess I'll just save. <laughs> I'm here. Why not? And then we I should think- mention that uh, one one thing that's pretty cool about this game is that you can move in all eight directions. That's true. Now, granted, Which- you don't have a. Uh- different graphics no and you're not shooting in eight directions for some of those for some of those directions <laughs> yeah in fact, but your, your guy only faces left or right yeah well he's a looks great in profile what can we say he does he does strike quite the profile This game is, well, kind of an RPG. It has a lot of items, but it's from a weird company. What is this manual like? Uh, it's it's okay, sir. It's uh, 21 pages. Um, All right. Black and white, but it has a kind of red-orange, you know, these like Bond-themed background. That's kind of cool, you know. You got like some shutters or Bond logos in the patterns in the background. Um, okay, it, that's cool. It has a one screenshot and... The only real artwork are pictures of all the items that we talked about. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they're they're drawn okay, I guess. Uh, but it's it's a pretty uh, utilitarian book. It just goes through how to use save files and care for your cart and blah blah blah. And you know, like I said, there's an items section, but that is it. There's no mention of any of the characters or anything you meet in the game. Or uh, it does have a brief intro to your mission here where an armed smuggling ring threatens to create a new world order they always do and mi6 has sent you into turkey uh, or no mi6 sent 008 there and then you gotta go after him basically so you will become entangled in your deadliest mission yet all right So, Nick, what was your personal history with James Bond, the film franchise, and this video game? Well, um, you know, I was always a casual fan of James Bond films, I suppose. It was always on, uh, you know, and they used to do all those, like, seven days of 007 marathons, and so... Mm, Yes, you and your cable world. I've seen a few, well, at certain points, and much later, more like high school, but... So, you know... Also, in your defense, where you lived... Cable was, uh, reception wasn't always a possibility for certain channels. Yeah, for real. So, you know, but yeah, I've I've seen, although I don't know how many I've truly seen fully through, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've seen every single James Bond film up until the Daniel Craig era. Right on. And uh, forgive me, uh, listeners, but I have seen zero of the Daniel Craig Bond movies (laughs) uh, because those all came out when I had children. I and, saw uh, the end of Skyfall. It was pretty cool. I liked uh, Javier Bardem. Seemed like a I've good got bad guy. Nothing against them, and one day I'll watch them all. But you know that isn't today. Now I did see in theaters. Uh, you know every one of the '80s Bonds and Brosnan Bonds. Okay. See, I hadn't seen any of the '80s ones in theaters, but I did. Uh, you know, we were hanging out for most of the time, so we saw. I've seen all the the Brosnan ones. Yep, I made you see them all. <laughs> but the uh, only one... Well, you know, I think I, I saw Goldeneye before before we met, actually. But oh. Which is the one I'm most familiar with. I guess it's my favorite, but although I haven't seen enough of them to... Or that one in so long that... It has a lot of 90s charm, that's for sure. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know, I used to love James Bond. I still, you know, have a fondness for the franchise. 
but yeah, uh, you know, I, while I've seen them all and a few of them multiple times, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I, I definitely de- always loved a good Bond game. I, I was so excited for GoldenEye. I mean, I was at the height of my Bond fandom then, so it was really came at the perfect time for me. But yeah, that was a big game because I had not really played many first-person shooters before that, you know? Mm. So that, that really kind of got me into them. As for this game, I, I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, me either. I kind of stumbled upon it on the internet. <laughs> I was a uh, senior in high school when it came out, so yeah, I was definitely I, not looking at Game Boy games. Yeah, I was just kind of shocked and amazed and intrigued that I was like, wait, there's a James Bond game, and it's it's you know it's just such a throwback game style wise, you know, as opposed yeah. to like I don't know that there. I remember hearing about them coming out on other systems or even later game boys but i assume they were all like third person shooters or maybe even first person like goldeneye so i just kind of didn't pay any attention i saw on one web page that this sold over a million copies and was reprinted wow i could find find no corroborating evidence of that (laughs) but i kind of believe it because you know goldeneye sold like over seven million copies sure and you know game boy had a huge install base by this point and yeah, I feel like a lot of little brothers end up, end up getting this game like an adjunct to Goldeneye over the next year or two. Well, in the you know mid to late '90s was kind of a comeback for Bond. We hadn't had any movies for a while, right? So right longer than usual. So it was I don't know. It was in the zeitgeist. So, Nick, what was your more recent experience with James Bond 007? Well, sir, I beat this game. Mm-hmm. As did I. Uh, over, I don't even, I can't even tell you how many sittings. I played it a lot because I got lost a lot towards the I, end. I, me too. I, <laughs> I, I probably, it was at least five different sessions, but. Yeah, I played a lot of times before I would go to bed. So, like in little half hour mm. bursts. I got through at least a couple levels each time, but I wasn't like under pressure. It wasn't that tough to finish. Like I didn't cheat or anything really. Yeah, there's really no reason to cheat in this game. No, no. So good good for good on it. Right, friends, this is it, the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to start by saying that I'd like to leave it to James Bond to create the most shapely and buxom four-bit characters <laughs> I've ever seen on a Game Boy. Aluga. I mean, who else is he going to hit on? Well, he's got to hit on someone. I mean, I was really surprised. And, you know, it's not really bad, so it's just more humorous, the light horniness of this game. Yeah, I think they did a good job of, like, getting the kind of admittedly a little juvenile but cheeky doing a justice to that kind of humor that has been through bond throughout the years you know without crossing the line into actual like r-rated territory or whatever or even just being like i don't know the jokes stay kind of at dad joke level they're never really yeah too deep in innuendo and just yeah. enough for if you were like a 10 year old boy you'd be like oh man so you know good. I was still kind of surprised by it. And there was a definitely sometimes where I was amazed at the, the amount of jiggle that could be put into such a tiny sprite. <laughs> now, as far as the rest of the sprites go, they're all very small, which I like. And it's interesting because they're so small. There's not a lot you can do at that size. Yeah. But they do seem to do a pretty good job of differentiating all the enemies. Yeah. And there's a decent enough variety of bad guys at the end. I was never confused. As to who they were, you know, they're right. not that it really matters. They're pretty simplistic foes to begin with. Yeah, uh, but I did like the fact that the, the sprites were so small so that the screen area, your real estate was big. Oh, yeah, I loved it, man. Now, on the opposite side of that, uh, the backgrounds and the terrain, while good looking, are so repetitive. Yeah, there's not a lot of variety. And some of them, like in particular, certain areas where it's like rocky, the borders where I'm like, oh, can I walk over these smaller rocks or you know i i did pot sometimes when i was trying to dodge grenades or certain things that was kind of frustrating but you know not a deal breaker necessarily and then in the larger later levels just the sameness of like these crates and boxes 
make it so confusing where I was like, eh, what is uh, where am I in the scheme of this map? I don't really know anymore. Yeah, certain it, they definitely get pretty mazy later on. No, I do have to give them props for, uh, you know, using some of that James Bond music. Yeah, but was whoever developed this music i'm like are you like a huge fan of the snare drum like yes I it said, is uh, that that's about where the props in <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty crazy where i was like this is obnoxious like i just had to turn it way down because you get that like it's it's too much i'm sure our listeners have heard some of it already uh it does not sound great coming out of the game boy no and you know, you're only getting like one song per level. Sometimes it changes up when you go into different buildings. Yeah. But otherwise you are, it, the songs aren't long enough and good enough to sustain. And they're not that distinct from each other really either. No. It's all very same-ish, I thought. Uh, now, I did like uh, the writing of the game, not just, you know, the innuendo, of course, but the whole overall tone is, is pretty fun. And that does capture some of that James Bond feel, you know, his cockiness and attitude. Yeah, for sure. I like making fun of the the bad guys. And there's some interesting stuff, too, that you might they didn't really have to do. Like when you get sent back to an area you've already cleared and everyone's mad at you, they're like, you killed the boss. So now these other guys took over and they're worse. Like you screwed me. <laughs> you know, I was, yeah, like, oh. I was not expecting that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty cool. I thought for the most part, it was pretty easy game. There's a couple tough spots, but. You know, uh, infinite continues and yeah. And as you'll see in my final review, I felt like the real challenge was just the confusion factor. Yeah. There's a little bit of getting lost, you know? Yeah. And that, that little bit of getting lost increases with each level, you know, until it's like every other level. And then at the end, it's like the last two levels just have like huge, mazy portions. Yeah. You got to go back and forth in and out of, but you know, I think it's a, it's an interesting game, not only to play, but it's a, I think this uh, style of game, you know, the kind of overhead Zelda-ish style uh, is is such a good fit for James Bond that I'm surprised I never saw any other or, you know, like. uh, Or, you know, like you said, we have uh, Metal Gear, but you don't see many of these with a modern setting. Yeah. And it's interesting to, you know, interact with the game with this type of game with a gun, a ranged weapon that's not just a, a bow and arrow. And I think you're right. It does fit James Bond very well because it allows you to have these different gadgets uh, travel all over the world, which is another cool part about this game is that you are globetrotting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very linear, but I feel like, I I don't know, it's just such an intriguing premise where it's like if there would have been a few more games like this where maybe you could, even if it's not Bond, but choose a couple different places to go and feel it out and try to solve the, the actually solve the mystery or the case on your own, you know, like, right. It could, it could be very cool. I, I wish this, cause this game could have, you know, if you told me this game came out in 93, I'd be like, okay, there's, it's not doing anything. <laughs> sure, that, correct. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's a really like a huge missed opportunity. I think that it didn't, you know, like, yeah, I, I think just, this would have been a game I really would have liked if I was exposed to it, you know, when I was like 10, 11, 12 in that era. Yeah, and it just seems like such a, a gimme to make that it's like, wow, this could have been a, a good hit before. And then, you know, maybe spawned a couple sequels and I would have liked to see where, where the gameplay went from there. Yeah. I'll definitely have to go back and watch. I, I don't know, maybe that's a project to do, but this game has intrigued me enough with the, you know, electric keychain, you know, because it does have a lot of references to other specific, like, you know, we have Jaws and Odd Job make appearances. Oh, well, the ending is lifted directly from one of the movies. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's just, uh, I don't know. It kind of makes me curious to go and kind of check it out to see, you know, what's from what necessarily. And a lot of those old ones, yeah, they're just so campy that they're fun to watch in that aspect. Oh, for sure. And if you're a podcast fan, which I'm sure you are, you can watch those and listen to uh, James Bonding. Yeah. With uh, Matt Gorley and Matt someone. Matt Myra. Yeah. It's a good podcast. I've just started, but yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, well, it ended like two years ago. Yep, but... <laughs> hey, uh, what can you say? The, the movies are evergreen. Yeah. Yeah. Right, folks, this is it, the level by level portion of our show. And I don't know what you call these levels. What do you what are they? Stages? Yeah, I guess levels, stages, you never know. Um 
you know, they don't number them or anything. So either way, I think would work. Yeah. And we're just going to talk about them as their location. So I probably won't remember the numbers at all. Fair enough. And as we mentioned earlier, this game is you know a story, which is great. Yeah, it's and it's definitely like linear. You know, you're going in order through these these levels to achieve these objectives and whatnot. So you you know, there's not a lot of like exploring for the most part, with some exceptions, of course. Uh, and when you start the game, you know, you choose your save file, you choose your name. That's right. And then you start in China. Uh, you arrive in China, and you're told you have to find an operative that will give you more information or something along those lines. Yeah, and you start like right outside a building. And you want to go in and explore it. And right away, uh, you know, you have some indoor terrain. You know, there's like beds and end stands and things that you want to just go and search. I think you can press, is it just the A button or any button? But either way, you know, you just want to go around mashing that A button because you can find a med kit right here. Oh, yeah. You're always, always attacking the furniture, the walls, anything you can <laughs> find. Yeah, just run around, you know, get what you can. And your mission here is to find the hidden base or the plans for the hidden base. And bring them back to London. Yeah. And, you know, right away here, you know, like this is a little area where you can kind of fan out and explore a little. You'll meet a guy who tells you that he lost his hammer and he's sitting on like a broken bridge. So you go in every house and eventually you'll find a hammer. That's right. You take it back to him and he'll whip it back into shape. We did harp on the backgrounds a little bit or the stages. But this this first level, I think, does a really good job of making this place feel fun. It's like there's fish jumping out of the water. You're on all these docks. Yeah, it's not without its little like artistic touches that I enjoy. You know, it just the shorter I mean, levels definitely benefit, you know, the most from the, the way they repeat graphics. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it gets a little samey towards the end of the game. So it's not like I hated them all. Oh, no. And there's lots of people to talk to on along the way. But the clues, at least here, are pretty secondary. Yeah. And then eventually you'll make your way to, well, this, this, uh, the boss of this area has a, a hideout. Who is it? It's the lady. Zong Mei. Zong Mei. And I should ask my son how that's pronounced. <laughs> Just kidding. I think he's now forgotten both years of Chinese he took. Oh. Uh, no, I'm sure he knows just enough to secretly communicate without adults knowing. As I know. All the children of his school do. <laughs> I know. Ni Hao Kai Lan. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, to make your way into her base, you know, you, you'll encounter the first set of enemies that don't have weapons, but you have to block them to then be able to attack. Yeah, so they're kind of like Kung Fu monks, that's, you know, or whatever. So you you go up there, you block an attack, and then punch them, and rinse and repeat. Yeah, you get into this area, and, uh, well, it's a kind of a weird base. It, it's like a temple and an office mixed yeah. together. <laughs> so there's some secret passages you got to find. It's pretty obvious. And then you have a uh, little boss fight. Well, yeah, that's where we meet uh, Zhang Mei, and she uh, is pretty tough. Yeah, she does like spin attacks and moves around kind of like diagonally bouncing her way around. And you got to block. Yeah, it's it's tough. I I just if you can corner her, you can pound her down. And of course, you have med kits, hopefully, uh, to help if if you need it. Not too tough. Yeah, Uh, no, Uh, you do have some nice little witty dialogue saying uh, your visa is about to expire, etc. And then uh, once you uh, beat her, what does he say at the end? You tell her good night and that you'll see yourself out, darling. I should say, I'll see myself out, darling. Yes. So, of course, James Bond to me is Scottish. (laughs) Uh, But you're not done with the level. Like, you're out, but you still got to get those plans out of here. Yeah. So you got to. Go through and beat up a bunch of people. Uh, same way we crawl your way out of the docks, <laughs> yeah. and eventually you get to a boathouse and you you hop on a, a boat to London. Yeah, you boat all the way to London, and then you go. Which I think is funny that you have to like go see M. Yeah, you you go. You're in a little. You're in the I guess MI six base, and you give her Talk the plans. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh him. Yeah. At this point, M was a man. I think still they're going off of the old version. Oh okay. Not the not Dame Judy Dench. Right, right. So uh, I do like that you do flirt with Money Penny for a minute. Of course, and then you, uh, you mosey around. You get uh, you can find Q, and you get uh, this is where he gives you a pistol. And if you talk to him again, you get that electric keychain. Yes, and then it's cool because then you go into the Q labs. Yeah, and here did you get this uh, thing where you touch this chair and he says, "Don't touch it," <laughs> and if you touch it again, it shoots yeah. in through the wall. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And you can go Love in there it. and get a little item called the marble, which I don't know that you ever use, but I guess gives you a different ending. Yeah, I I 
I don't know. I don't know what it does at all, to be honest with you. I, I got it, so I don't know. <laughs> I got it also. Yeah. <laughs> it was in there. But yeah, and you can, you can, you can also uh, crush a man in a couch, which is another fun little activity in there. So do it. You should. Crush uh, it. Then you go talk to uh, M, talk to Moneypenny, you leave, and then you're on your quest to Kurdistan. That's right. Which was interestingly... I thought it was interesting that they chose to say Kurdistan since it's not a real country. You know, I'm assuming we're in Turkey, which. And I do have to say, I love all the animals in the background of this area. They're sure. You got little goats and stuff. Mm -hmm. And this level is all about like taking one thing to another guy. Vice versa. Yeah. There's a lot of that. You'll get, uh, you know, you like you get the machete eventually because someone's like, he stole my machete. And then you go and shake a guy down or something and get it. And. Well, you have to go to the goat man's house. Then he tells you about the, the his brother or whatever. Then you got to get a gold ring. You give it to the machete man. You get the machete. Then you got to get a pad of paper. It's like a whole long. It's all about getting. And you do it. Yeah, you get a. Eventually, you just get the. This is all about getting the lamp so that yeah. you can use it to see in the cave. Now there is an optional item here: the jeweled egg. I did not get it. I didn't either. <laughs> so. I'm not but, sure. I think I think it makes the next level easier. Yeah, you can use it in the next level, but I don't know what the big deal is. So once you're in the cave, that's where the the bad guy is, Iqbal. Yeah, Iqbal. So and this is where you can you know use your stun key to you get him to walk on him. Yeah, and then you, him. yeah, and then you run in and slash him with your machete, perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, shortly after that, you can rescue 008. Yay! They're not dead. Now, uh, one thing to point out is that the big bad bosses uh, do suffer from the ailment of being one notch larger than you as a sprite. They are huge, yes. Uh, always one of those sticking points for me. Yeah. It makes sense sometimes, but like when Odd Job's a giant, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Jaws, okay, but... Yeah. And then uh, once you've... Uh, saved 008 you're right off to marrakesh that's right and this is where the game kind of expands a little bit because you start off by a a hotel so you got to go in and get your room and stuff which you get your keys and blah 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 there's a med kit i think in your window but then you kind of got to explore because there are several locations around the city and you this can be a bit confusing because you're constantly taking these weird passages from like building to building and you'll pop out somewhere else and then Mm -hmm. you know I do want to note, you can flirt with all the ladies in the hotel by the pool and the sauna. That's right. And you should. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this was the first confusing point for me. And it just takes a minute to like, eventually, I just got the bearings of where the city layout after running around in circles so many times. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you have a little kind of casino mini game where it's like you... Uh... Well, you have to you have to win money because uh, once you are there, you, ha- you have to get a special room, the high roller room to continue yeah. the story. So you got to win up to $2,500 by playing either Blackjack or Red Dog, which is a game I'd never heard of. Correct. I've never heard of it either, but luckily I do know Blackjack. Yeah, which isn't too tough. (laughs) If I am to gamble, it is my game of choice. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Especially that save feature. It's not hard to get the money you need by just betting a ton all the time. Yeah, so you get there and... Really, it's all about getting Mr. Fez to show up and go into the high rollers room. And once he shows up, you can just leave because uh, it'll come in handy shortly. Yeah. Then you need to go get the laser watch, which is like a from a secret Q branch office, which I would explain to you where it is. But I don't even really know. I just wandered around a ton until I found it. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, yes. Now now is where if you have that jeweled egg, you can get a, a secret pass to the black market, which is quicker to get to. Ah, OK. That would. Yeah, because you have to get to the black market and it is a kind of convoluted path of going like through multiple door. You know, you go through a passage to a area and then another one and again. But eventually you'll get there. And now you get another kind of trading chain where you get like a chicken and trade it for a cat. And then you take that to trade it for a pearl and then not scare some a- mice. Then you get a passport, and then somebody wants the passport, and they'll trade you the night goggles for it. Yes. Uh, and then uh, then you go to see Miss Bliss. Yeah, which is weird. It's like you it's have like to go a... through a cave, and then you, you this is where you use laser watch to cut open uh, a gate. And... and then you're in perhaps a brothel? Yeah, maybe. Miss Bliss, is she one of... Uh... Is she from any uh, 
Bond movies, the character? Is this a reference? Not that I know of. Well, regardless, now, you get a diamond from her. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that diamond's used in the trading chain to get your satellite link. Yeah, which, you know, we'll get that soon. And then um, and then eventually you do trade the diamond to get the tranquilizer gun. That's which, what it is, yeah. Yeah, and it's in it's in the caves. And then eventually the, you, you can explore a bit in there and you'll find a secret room. Like I found this beforehand, but that kind of comes up near the uh, high roller room in the casino. And you're like behind it. So you can shoot that guy, Mr. Fez, with a tranquilizer gun. And then you got to leave the caves and make your way all the way back to the casino. And uh, then you can steal the keys from Mr. Fez. And you can use those in the hotel to... Go confront Odd Job. Yeah. And you might think you're you, going to fight him. <laughs> you, you heard him dealing in arms earlier. So that's why you know where he's at if you approached his door. Yeah. So we'll just shut that down. But you can't. No, because uh, you just get knocked out yeah and you get dumped in the sahara desert yeah and this is where you're dying and you're you're, uh dying of thirst yeah so luckily there's a gentleman up on a camel who will give you the canteen and then you can go back to your little oasis kind of makes fun of you i think for being in the desert unprepared yeah and he's he's not wrong and no you get that water and then you have to kind of about seven times in a row it's bizarre yeah just wandering (laughs) around this (laughs) that's how i did it I don't know about you. Well, I even got confused, you know, and I was like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. And then, but sometimes I swear it seemed like I would die sooner than I should have, or I was trying to keep track. I even at one point cheated. I was like, I'll just go look it up. Yeah, me too. And And then I couldn't get there. I was like, what (laughs) happened? I I tried. (laughs) I was like, well, these directions don't make sense to me. Like over two, down one, down one, over two. I'm like, okay, got it. Wait, from the beginning spot or not? So (laughs) yeah, regardless, just just keep going. Oh, the, the the thing that really stinks is there's a, these little scorpions that will pop out and attack you in this area. Oh, yeah. You, you don't want to fight anything. No. Uh, hopefully, eventually, without dying, though, you'll make it to some stairs. Yeah, you get to, like, this little air base, and then from there, you can fly out, and you're taken to Tibet. Yes. Sadly, you're not there to free it. No. You're just free. there on a mission. Free Tibet. And the mission is... Climb the mountain. Yeah, and it's a long mountain. Um, you will be able to get the machine gun on this level, and there's lots of uh, caves that you'll you have to use night goggles in, fighting guards. Eventually, now there's look- a room where you get the get a hook that you can use for, a, you know, you have to assemble your grappling hook, essentially. Yeah, and if you think you're going to find that rope anywhere near this, you are wrong. you got to yeah, go through yeah. a billion caves. Lots of caves, and then eventually you get your your grappling hook, which is kind of a hook shot type item. Yeah. Now I, I do want to note that the enemies take a definite increase in in uh, hardness here because durability. you get guys well durability, but also like now you're going to have enemy soldiers with machine guns and throwing grenades. Yeah, yeah. It's which are you know aren't super tough, but they can start dealing you know a little more damage each time, and then that adds up. Yeah. So you definitely have to be more cautious as you're making your way through here. Now. Is this where the sumo wrestlers are at the end of this area? Yeah, Once there's you've kind grappled of your way to the top. Yeah, I feel like there's like a temple or something up there. It's like you're taking the test of courage and and the test of courage is fighting room after room of more and more sumo wrestlers. Yeah, who are slightly bigger and tougher than the other people, but just like the monks we fought before, it's all about blocking and then attacking. Yeah, just don't get greedy and none of them will ever hurt you. Now, I do like the way that the this temple looks. It's uh, some of the same graphics from before, but also you know, you got like a nice little Buddha statue in there. Yeah, lots of candles. Mm-hmm. You emerge from this temple and Ajab is waiting for you with a bunch of enemies. He captured again. Again. This time not dumped in a uh, remote location, but taken to the secret base itself that you were looking for. Yeah, this could have saved us some time by just getting captured earlier. But unbeknownst to you, someone's helping you because uh, you can go right through the cell door you were in front of. And who is it? But Zhang Mei. Aha. Yes. And she's, you know, says she'll help you. And then she she was tricked, she says. And, uh, you know, was just a pawn in this plan. Ugh. Now, since, you know, we don't have any real equipment. So now it comes down to uh, going around and, and rounding up some gear. Yeah, you get your pistol back. You can stock up with some med kits. This is where you get the machine gun and the and, shield. Yeah, so you want to get that ASAP. Uh, and you got to make your way to what they call the tank room. And you'll know what it is because it's full of tanks. Tanks, yeah. 
And at some point, you're going to have to like find a um, uplink where you can communicate back to to home base to M and let them know what's going on. That's right. And eventually, you'll just kind of explore around, and you finally will be able to fight Odd Job. And what a fight it is! Who you know, he throws hats at you. A lot you of hats. Imagine. Yeah, and not just one hat. No, like, he's hat stacking. Apparently, man. Yeah, yeah. You think he's you think he's cool. playing Hatteras or? And the way this fight works is that he is sequestered at the top. You're not interacting with him directly. Yeah. And he goes back and forth throwing many, many hats. And you can block these hats with the shield. Yeah. In fact, you have to. Yeah. If you don't have the shield, you got to leave. Once you use the shield to block the hat, it bounces off your shield back towards the top. Yeah. So don't be a fool like me and waste some rock or wasting ammo trying to shoot him at the beginning. You know, it's all. It's only his own hat can harm him. Indeed. It's it's uh like poetry. <laughs> it rhymes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then after what seems like way too many hits, eventually he dies. He is tough, yeah. You get a clue about the villain Golgov. Yes, who is this mysterious Golgov? And you're whisked... O- oh, no, you're not whisked anywhere. You're just still in this giant base. <laughs> yeah, so you head back and find Zhang Mei, and then she tells you that you need to go to Kurdistan. Head Which, back. by the way... You're me, you get lost on the way back to Zhang Mei. Oh, but of course, my good man. <laughs> yes, it, you make it sound so quick. But yeah, once you find her, you need to return to your your the familiar land of Kurdistan. Yeah, that clean and beautiful Middle Eastern country where nothing could ever go wrong. That's right. Except but, that it has. Yeah, now everyone's mad at you because it's all been blown up. Uh, they've been bombed. And if they're not mad at you, they're they're dead and being eaten by birds. Yeah, which is pretty hardcore. Yeah, I know. There's lots of corpses being pecked by birds at this area, and I was not ready for it. Yeah, I was like, wow, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, you're yelled at for um, killing the strongman that kept the enemies at bay. Saddam. Saddam has come and done this. This is where you can find, you're going to need to find another machete eventually. You can also find, this is where you'll get uh, the exploding pin from a dying 008. Oh, no. We liked him more when he was alive. Because 008 was Sean Bean in uh, yes. GoldenEye, right? So, you know, he's famous for dying in almost every movie. So maybe this was him. I'd like to think it is. Well, eventually, um, once you make your way through the, the the camps, through the endless waves of guys throwing grenades at you. Well, and there are some screens where you just have to run through where it's just grenades flying off screen. and there, it's, Oh, yeah, that's the worst one. It's where you have to go horrible. up. You're walking yeah. up <laughs> through nothing but grenades. It I'd sucked. almost... Oh, don't forget the... Uh, the fl- the just, there's flames shooting out of the ground as well in that area. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that be, area is the worst. Beware, but... Uh, eventually, at the top of it, you'll get to your boss. Well, we get our first boss, right, which is Qatar. Qatar, yes. You can blast him with some rockets. Um, that's, oh, that's the only way to go. Yeah, and then basically, after you beat him, you have to kind of backtrack. Everyone's and, favorite. Yeah, and then you'll fight Saddam and rocket launcher him as well. And this now, was an area, uh, yeah, I think. And and then after that is when you have to go talk to this guy, Mustafa, to get the mirror. And I just had no idea where to go and wandered around forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And eventually, I was like, oh, okay, there's a guy in this building. Because most of the buildings are, like, sealed off, or you have to go back through the bomb <laughs> bomb blast uh, areas. That sucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But once you get that mirror, then that's it for this level. Yep, it's time to head to the final area, Russia. So when you first get to Russia, you are in a junkyard. Yeah, which is pretty amazing here. This was an area where, you know, there's lots of soldiers. And frequently, I was using a lot of grenades here to sh- shoot, to attack from over obstacles. Well, because when we say junkyard, you know, it's really just like a th- place full of barrels. <laughs> yeah. Barrels and rocks. And... There are lots of little crevices guys can be in. Lots of places, so you have to slowly exterminate every living thing here. Until the end of the junkyard, where you find Jaws. Yeah, which is a giant, you know, for those who know don't know, you know, we're not talking about the shark. We are talking about a giant man with metal teeth. Yes. And, and uh, this is uh, an interesting fight, yeah. because if he catches you, he will grab you and bite your head. Yes, and he does a ton of damage. Yeah. So you'd never want that to happen. And at first, you may not understand what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you can blast him with anything, and he seems totally immune. Yes. I guess he's blocking it with those metal teeth. But there yeah. are what looks like pistons at the top of the screen. 
Yes, uh, but they are in fact magnets. Yeah, so you need to walk him into one of those magnets, which will then stun him, and at that point, you can attack him. Yeah, and if you use uh, rockets, it only takes three hits. You just have to do that three times, so not too tough. So do the rocket thing. And once you do that, now you are taken to Golgov's base. This is full of, you know, you'll see Zhong Mei right away. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of captive. She's tied, you know, and she, you, you can talk to her, but then you have to leave. And this is all level is a lot of, you know, everything looks very similar, but you're moving around and then you're constantly finding these sets of like three switches. Uh, that, so many switches. They can either be up or down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can look up the sequence if you want but it's actually simple enough that you can just figure it out like there's no one anywhere who's going to tell you what they each one is you know you just kind of got to play around i don't nothing happens if you screw it up right and you know you're in a former soviet base because there are hammer and sickles at every intersection that's right mother russia now also the enemies in this area are way tougher they're armored Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they all have either missile launchers or machine guns yeah, yeah. So it's tough. Eventually, you'll make it up to the Golgov himself. And if you're me, that's a long amount of eventually, because I got so lost in this area. It's easy to do. Like, <laughs> everything looks the same, and it's a huge base. So you just, yeah, I was the same way. Just, I mean, you can just keep plugging away. You have to if you want to get to Golgoth. Was this, so is this a Bond guy, Golgov? I, I, I think he's new. Mm hmm. Well, anyways, he's nothing too crazy. I mean, of course, this is the time to bust out the rocket launcher. Don't hold anything back. Now, you talk about him as if he's just your standard foe. You know, let the comparisons to Metal Gear continue here because he's in a giant mech. Yes. And, you know, at least this this boss fight has a little bit of variation to it. Well, it does. It's actually kind of more difficult at the beginning because in addition to shooting stuff, he will charge at you. Correct. And he's a big sprite, so there's not a lot of room to dodge if he can he can squish you. But eventually, after you've shot well, him with enough rockets, you can blow the legs off. He also shoots his hands off at you. you. You failed to mention that part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is one of my favorite robot moves. It's a classic, man. But like I, as you said, halfway through, he loses his legs and is flying around. And then his charge isn't so bad. Yeah, then you can kind of start dodging and you're taking a lot less damage. But hopefully you've got med packs... Or med kits if you need, but for the most part, pretty, pretty, pretty easy. Once you've killed him, the game is over. You've won. Ha, oh, you wish. not so fast. Because what he tells you is that you have not won. In fact, there are missiles ready to launch. That devious bastard. And Zhang Mei is strapped to one of those missiles. You gotta save her. Yeah, you must disarm these missiles, and you do so by well, I don't know where you are. It is a weird looking level. Yeah, I mean, you're in some sort of missile, I'm assuming underground laser, or I'm sorry, missile silo or something, but... There's these, like, weird bubbles in the background that just confuse me. Yeah, and, you know, you gotta go around and you get to these little, like, computer screens that have, like, a lever nearby, and you're using that to disarm these various missiles. And sometimes uh, electric barriers. That's right. The, there's the barriers, the those lasers that, you know, they finally make an appearance, and we can bust out the mirror. Yep, and that's you got to use it to block them, block those lasers. Nothing too crazy. You can do it. Um, and the thing is, is like this is not timed, and there's no like real enemies. Yeah. It's just the environment. So yeah, it's yeah, not too hard. Eventually, you will shut down all of the missiles. You'll ensure that they none of them launch, and then you are treated to a a nice little cutscene. Yeah, with you know, it's you and Zhang Mei, and he tells you, um, he tells her. He's taking her on a slow boat ride home. <laughs> a slow boat to China. That's right. And I guess that's only if you have the marble. If you oh. don't, it, it just skips to the credits after, you know, he says, or maybe he does, but you get a little scene of the two of them together with some pretty solid graphics, you know? Oh, yeah. That like, um, uh, uh, you see her in full front, uh, you know, and it's a nice portrait of her. Yeah. You pop out a life raft. It has another scene of you embracing in the life raft and... Just when you think you're going to get some alone time, a submarine <laughs> appears underneath you. Da, 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 da. And they're told that you're told that they're going to escort you to China. Jeez Louise, guys. Luckily, the captain of this submarine owes you a favor, so you won't be seeing land for quite some time. Oh, mama. Now, what makes this interesting is that this is the exact ending of You Only Live Twice. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, at the end of that movie, in the Sea of Japan, Bond and Kissy, his uh, mm. romantic partner in that one, end up in a life raft that then is on the deck of a British nuclear submarine. I see. Well, that's cool. That's a little reference there. Of course, it does beg the question, because we were in Russia, so where are we? <laughs> are we over on Pacific Coast Russia? Like, that's a long, cold trip, you know? Indeed. Now, you do get credits for everyone that worked on the game, and some secret codes at the very end. Yeah, you get a couple codes that you can enter. Well, you enter your name, and that just allows you to play uh, Baccarat, Red Dog, or Blackjack. Yep. And then after that, you just get a the end, and you're kicked back to that home screen. Well, this is it, the final portion of our show, the review portion. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System that has four categories, each category a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. Nick, I give this game a 3.0. Okay, I went with a 2.5. I think it's pretty good. You know, backgrounds are a little rough. Music's a little rough. I just, the charm of the sprites. All the little animals, all the little different characters. I agree. It's, it's good stuff. I just, man, that snare drum hurt my feelings and ears. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see. And, you know, <laughs> the longer we talk about this, the more music you have to hear. So I guess that's that. <laughs> Next up is Play Control. And I also gave this a 3.0. I went with a 2.5, but, you know, I see where you're It's It's all pretty solid. You know, uh, everything's good. Right. It's simple, but that's all you need. It does give you the eight-way directional. You get to choose which buttons are going to be which items. So I felt like I was never really like asked to do anything that was too hard. And even some of the enemies that were in weird positions, you could trick them into hitting them without getting hurt mm -hmm. too much. Yeah, yeah. Following that is Challenge Factor. I gave it another 2.5. I thought, I think it's pretty I, I went easy. lower, 2.0. Yeah. For the most part, I think uh, it's just getting lost sometimes or... But yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's the confusion factor that is the the hard part of this. It's not the yeah, gameplay. Yeah. But it's too easy to get lost in those later levels. Sure, yeah. And finally, we have theme and fun. Uh, I went with a 4.0. Oh, well, I went 3.5. I thought it was really fun. It just, the end, I just got so lost in those last two areas that yeah. it kind of took the fun level out of it for me. <laughs> I feel it. I just was, uh, you know... Very impressed and surprised where it was like, wow, this is a, a game from 98 that feels like a game from way earlier. That's But not in a bad solid. way. Yes, yes. It's it's very solid in all of its its ways. And uh, I think the gameplay is a, is a great fit for a James Bond style thing. They had the, they pulled through some Bond theme, you know, the, the quippy jokes and whatnot was, was there enough. Like I, mm -hmm. I, had, I liked it. Good stuff. Yeah, it's a, an interesting point where, I feel like there should have been more Game Boy games like this, like the Ghostbusters 2 game we played. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> like this is a perspective and a thing that like the Game Boy can do well and easily. I don't understand why this was not explored more as a genre. I agree. I wish it had been. So, Nick, I think I know the answer. Uh, and I ask at the end of every show, should you play this game? Yes. I agree. Penny. <laughs> Play this game. I think if you're a fan of James Bond or you just like uh, light adventure games with a little bit of a role-playing edge, this is the game for you. Man, I really wish I could do a Roger Moore or Timothy Dalton or any... <laughs> like, I can't even imagine what any other... Even J... Uh, what's his face? Uh, Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. I'm like, I, there's nothing there. Nothing as distinct as good old Sean Connery. Uh, you have no idea how much I have uh, restrained to not do that voice more often for this entire <laughs> podcast. So, Aww. But I agree. Uh, go play this game. It's a blast. Yeah. Uh, next week's game will be, well... A game released all around the world in many different titles in many different ways. But here in America, it's known as Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle Ooh. for the NES. So find a copy of that game or dig it out of your basement because half the kids I knew somehow had this game without ever <laughs> wanting it. Oh. And play along, friends. 
That's right. And speaking of Bugs Bunny, what's your favorite Warner Brothers cartoon? Your Looney Tunes characters. Do you like? Are you a Bugs? Do you like Taz, Tweety? I don't know. I Marvin the Martian's a, a contender, I think. Um, at least personally speaking. Oh, of course, Daffy's up there. Yeah, I'm showing off my Daffy minifigure. He's my guy. Let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. And if you think I should do an entire podcast talking like, oh, the best James Bond, <laughs> let me know. I'll see what I can do for you, for Marnie, for the Jaguar, for everyone, for Queen and Country. Oh. You can get to us at cartridgecommand at facebook.com or on the Twitterverse at cartcommand. Well, I, I don't think I could do a whole show like that. But, but uh, you know, either way, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hit, hit you back. If you get to us, we will respond and we will try to be better at letting you know when new shows drop on those platforms as well. But it is those yeah. all-stars. It is the money pennies to our bond yeah. that we thank every week. Those awesome and wonderful folks at Patreon, 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 <laughs> Patreon.com slash cartridge command. Our patrons, they're the ones that make this show possible. Yeah. Uh, stick with us through thick and thin. These kids and cats and people are just the coolest. They mm-hmm. give us the money mm-hmm. we need to host our show, to pay for equipment, and give us that little bit of extra motivation to say, hey, you might be tired. You might have been pulling down drywall all day. Oh. You got to play this game because there are people out there that want to hear it. <laughs> hear, hear. And if you don't already give, consider doing so. Even a dollar helps us out. So thank you all so very, very much. Yeah, thank you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Game on. Game on. Game on. You're the man now, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (sighs) I'm gonna have to make a special, separate sound of that bite because that that's gonna get used, brother. You're like that's going on the soundboard right next to. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs>